The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to say uh, thank you for the church. Uh, thank you that you have, uh, you who exist in community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that you have given us community of faith to, um, to grow in you, to be gathered to you, to minister to one another, uh, to have fellowship, to experience love. Um, pray, God, that in this fellowship of faith that you would uh, see us through. We pray for our church. We pray particularly, Lord, as you raise up leadership for this church, that you just uh, send your spirit and, uh, and be with us as we, as we discuss and bless our diocese as we anticipate the coming of our next bishop. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So let me ask you uh, this. What, um... Excuse me one second. What do you want to make sure that I, uh, I talk about in regards to the bishop? What do you want to make sure, what questions do you want to make sure get answered by, um, about that? That's, that's important to me. Right off the top of the, what, what questions do you have? Yes, Frank. I want to make sure you're not a candidate. Uh, <laughs> thank you. That's, am, I, am I a candidate? And the answer to that is, is no. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarah. See you later. Um, what else? Yeah. Yes. I hope this isn't an unpopular view, but if it is, I've been praying the entire time for a conservative bishop. Yeah. You've been praying for a conservative bishop. Yes. Um, and I can assure you that the Lord has heard those prayers, as He has heard the prayers of those who have prayed in the opposite direction. Yes. Um, well, you listen. What's amazing to me is that uh, is that the Lord just works in in the community of His church, like so. He hears both of those, and He's going to give us exactly what we need. Uh, and I really believe that. Um, and we have all of that on the on the slate, and we have it right in the middle as well. And so uh, it's it's interesting, I think. Um, but it's it's. Uh, I would say continue to pray, uh, but more than anything, rather than praying what you uh, hope for, pray that, that the, the diocese gets what the Lord hopes for. That, that's what, what we want. Um, so, but, but I love your prayer. Um, as I love those who are praying earnestly uh, in the other way, just because I know that the Lord takes all of that. But I want to, I want to, that's, that actually brings up a really good point I want to talk about on the nominating committee itself. So that's, that's helpful. Yes, what, Susie, what were you going to say? How will we get to know where he stands and the person that he is if we only see him once in a very infrequent while? Okay, how are we going to get to know uh, how our, our new bishop, so it could be he or, of course, Beth Sherflats on the, on the slate as well. So it could be he or she. Uh, how will we get to know where our new bishop stands uh, on certain things if we only see them once once in a while? Those are good questions. Anything else? Yeah, Wayne. How does the bishop's stance impact the local? You're our leader. How does the bishop's stance impact, or really on anything, um, impact us as a faith community? That's a great question, too. We'll get there. Yes, Noni. In response to Susie's question, uh, there is a website. You can go on the website and read about each one of the candidates also. Hold on one second. 
I don't see how to do it. If you, hey, we, if y'all are listening, will y'all mute yourselves? Just everybody, everybody over here. Will y'all mute yourselves? It'd be great. Say, uh, say it one more time, Mary. Website on the Diocese of Florida, and all of their information about each That's of right. the candidates is there. So That's you right. You can find out something about them. Yeah, their they're detailed responses to, to hard questions mm-hmm. are, are all there, and it's the same questions for each candidate. Right. And so, um, so there's a good response there. So it's FloridaBishopSearch.org uh, is, is that. Okay, well, let me, uh, let me just begin to sort of talk about the election process. And, um, and so, let me say, too, that I, I am uh, the president of the standing committee. And uh, the sta- if you don't know what that means, that the standing committee is, an ele- is elected. And we are, in regular times, simply the bishop's council of advice, which he may or may not use and usually does not. Um, and, and so... Uh, that is, but but in the absence of a bishop, the the standing committee is the ecclesiastical authority, not the president, but the standing committee as a whole, is the ecclesiastical authority for the diocese. So, in in times that it's needed, it has some some weight, um, and so it's important. And I knew actually when I was up for it that I would that if I were elected, I would probably be in the situation that we're in now. Uh, that the bishop would uh, probably retire because I know how old he is, and you have to retire when you're 72. So, um, so a few months before um, the convention, I was elected in 2020, right before the world shut down, and um, and a few months before the convention in 2021, that was an online convention. Uh, the bishop told us, as the standing committee, that he was going to call for a bishop coadjutor in his 2021 address, um, and, and he was going to do that in anticipation of his own retirement in 2023. He said he'd already discussed this with the presiding bishop and with the presiding bishop staff. They had sort of a timeline already set up. So the first question, and we'll thank you, but what is a bishop coadjutor? <laughs> uh, that, that's, a, that's an important, important question. A bishop coadjutor is a, a bishop sort of who is consecrated as bishop, but serves as, um, does not serve as the diocesan, sort of serves on staff, uh, but is learning the ropes while the bishop continues. And then when the bishop retires, the bishop coadjutor automatically becomes the bishop. So we are electing a bishop coadjutor who will not, who will become a bishop in, uh, when, when consecrated in, um, in October, but will not become the diocesan uh, bishop until... Bishop Howard decides to retire, and he turns 72 in September of 2023. So it'll be about about 11 months or so uh, that he can stay on, and he plans to stay on, and that's fine. All all the candidates know that that's those are his plans. And so when when he told us uh, that, or he made went ahead and announced his uh, his his intent to retire and called for Bishop Coadjutor. We, as a standing committee, got on the uh, Zoom box with, um, uh, with the National Church's uh, person, Bishop uh, Todd Ousley, who, who handles Bishop Transitions, and, uh, and Bishop Ousley put us in touch with a few different consultants. That was his number one recommendation, is we hire a consultant who has been through this process many times before. 
We interviewed a couple of different consultants and picked uh, Judy Stark, and she is fantastic. She has been excellent, excellent, um, and has walked with us uh, every step of the way. The first step after that is that we um, put out, uh, we needed to establish a nominating committee. Some folks called it a, a, a search committee, but we chose to call it a nominating co committee because they weren't searching for the bishop. They were nominating candidates that the convention would uh, select. And so that was, that was, might be sort of a semantic difference, but that was, that was what we decided to call the, is the nominating committee. And uh, we put out applications. We got a, a really healthy number of about um, 24, 25 applications, and we wanted about 12 to 15. I think we ended up with 16 people on the nominating committee, including our own Rick Daver, uh, who is right back here and has done a uh, yeoman's job there. Uh, and we charged the nominating committee, and this was, they were from big churches and little churches. They were from all, uh, every region of the diocese. They were um, black and white and Hispanic, and we just wanted a really broad represent, representative, um, uh, representative sort of cross-section of the diocese. And they were liberal and conservative, because this diocese is, uh, is, is, both. I mean, as you may know, we have uh, a lot of voices on sort of both sides of all the issues, and we wanted uh, the nominating committee to, to represent that as they brought forth the candidates. And what I wanted to say er, earlier is that Did what... Did you want for me to turn this down? Uh, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, all right, so somebody knows how to mute everybody. Just come over and do that. Um, so, so that would be... Um, so what, what was amazing to watch is, is that there were some incredibly diverse opinions on the nominating committee. They were able to really have a, a great... Um, a, 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 a very cordial and, 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 in fact, not just cordial, but loving conversations, very frank conversations. You can imagine that some loved one candidate while other ones couldn't stand him and vice versa. And, you know, but the Lord, like, worked through the counsel of the committee and didn't raise up, like, one person's opinion, but just, I, I believe they've given the diocese a really wonderful and qualified slate and has given the diocese the chance to choose and to vote uh, prayerfully about the direction that, that we will head. So it's really awesome, I think, really uh, inspiring to see how, uh, how God has, has decided uh, to use everybody to do His will. And I think that is a gift the Episcopal Church really has to offer uh, the rest of the world. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't mind, mind saying, uh, sort of to Frank's point, who wanted to make sure I wasn't a candidate, um, people, I was asked to, to put my name in, and, um, and I prayed real hard about that, and I just believed that, you know, sort of where I landed with that, I actually, uh, I, mean, I prayed real hard about it, but where I landed was with, um, that I'd already been elected, to a position in the diocese that I and I needed to be faithful to that, and um, and I didn't really want to leave you guys. So um, so that's that's really um, 
I think it's a particular calling, and I like being in a church, and I like this church, so I, I wanted to, um, I, I didn't want to do that, but I, it's, it was not something that you can just slough off, you know, like, you got, you got to entertain that, and, um, but I, 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 I did encourage some other folks to apply, and, uh, and some of those folks are on the, on the slate, so that's, that's really good as well. So, um, so, yeah. Any, Rick, anything you care to say? I mean, you can't talk about the inner workings of, of the committee, but anything you want to say about the Lord work, sort of working in that, in that group or what the, the consistency of that group? Just to kind of affirm what you said about how that, that nominating committee was definitely a cross-section of, of voices in this diocese. And it took us a year, basically. We came together on a regular basis and learned to listen to each other and to respect each other and uh, really grow to become good friends, actually. And I think everybody on that committee came to the same conclusion at the end, that they were, they were certain that the slate of candidates was what the Holy Spirit wanted to have on that slate. Mm -hmm. um, and that it wasn't that one candidate was favored over the other, but or that some candidates were put on the slate even though there was no way they were going to ever get elected. All the candidates in the round are on there for a reason. Uh, and some actually admitted maybe their reason is to inform the other candidates as to why they're on the slate. <laughs> so it was, it was just a very fascinating journey over the course of that year. Yeah, well, I, I'm sure it, uh, it, was, it was no small sacrifice on yours or any of their parts. So thank you for, for your service there. Um, again, yeah, you can clap, Rick. So we, we appointed the committee in late April 2021, so just about a year ago, and we charged them with presenting the standing committee with three to five candidates by Lent 2022, this, this Lent, and they did that. And they started by having listening sessions. Some of you may have gone to some of the listening sessions um, where you had the chance to speak. Uh, you weren't the one listening so much. as You were the, chan the ones who were speaking and saying what you hope to get out of uh, a bishop. We want a conservative bishop. We want a liberal bishop. We want uh, to be in, in line with the Anglican communion. We want to be in line with the national church. We... Um, we want to give a lot. We don't want to give any. We, you know, all sorts of different opinions. And they took all of, of that. And they also put out a survey that said the, uh, had a lot of the same things. So they had about three or 400 people came to the listening sessions and about 14 or 1,500 people did the survey. So they had a lot of voices. There's about 30,000 active people in, in the diocese. But it was a good, it was a good number of voices. And, um, and so uh, they put together... Uh, all of that into what we call the diocesan profile. So like when a church is looking for a rector, they'll put together a parish profile. It's basically the job description and sort of the marketing piece uh, for, for good candidates. And the diocese does the same thing. So it's a diocesan profile and it tells all about the region and about the different churches and the different ministries and the challenges we face and the opportunities and the strengths that we have and all this stuff. They did a really wonderful job. It's beautifully done. And uh, in, uh, then last fall, they began to receive uh, nominations and applications. You could nominate someone who then need to, needed to do all the essays and stuff, or you could apply yourself if you're a priest in good standing in, in any of the diocese, any, actually in the Anglican Communion. 
And I don't know exactly how many they have, but I do know that we receive 25% more applications than is the national average. I also know that the national average is way down from where it was, say, 40 years ago. Um, but but it's, uh, you know, it's still a, it was a healthy number, uh, a good number of, of candidates they had. And they uh, began the lengthy process. They, they read every word. And I think they may have all read every word that was, um, was brought in. Uh, and, and several, several um, you know, the nomination forms and all the essays and everything, they, um, all the references from every church they've ever worked in, every bishop they've ever worked for in every diocese, uh, all sorts of information. And they began to distill, well, who do we want to interview? And, um, um, and they, that was done by Zoom. And, 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 of course, they couldn't all attend every interview, but they were all recorded, and they all, all 16 of them watched every single interview. So it's a lot of time. And then they got together, and then they talked about it, and they whittled them down a little more. And there may have been some other phone calls in, in the midst there, but then they got... Uh, in January, they had a retreat, super secret. Nobody knew where it was, uh, but they had a chance to come together, the seven, seven finalists, or semifinalists, I guess, that they wanted to meet face-to-face. And, uh, and, they, um, and it was, from what I hear, and Rick, you can comment on it, but it was just a wonderful gathering. Like, they all just left hugging each other, you know, and I hope you get it. No, I hope you get it. You know, like... Um, and, and it was just a, real, just a very spirit-filled week. And, um, and, to, and, and of the seven, so we charged three to five, and, and, and um, five of the seven made it through. And, and I, I think it was, it was pretty obvious, uh, both to the candidates themselves uh, as well as to the, to the committee. And so these are the five finalists. They were announced on March 10th. And four of them are, are internal to the diocese. They're active priests in the diocese now. And one of them is from off, as it were, but he actually grew up here. He went to Episcopal School of Jacksonville. Um, so Wiley Ammons, this, I'm just going to say it in, in alphabetical order by last name. Wiley Ammons, who is, uh, a lot of you know, he's the rector at Church of the Redeemer. He grew up uh, in this well, he grew up in this area and became an Episcopalian in this diocese and was ordained here and served here. He was, the, he was on the diocese and staff for a long time, uh, director of Camp Weed and, and uh, um, the diocese and youth coordinator. He was a curate at Good Shepherd um, at, for a couple of years downtown in the Five Points area. That's where he lives. And he became the rector about six years ago at um, Redeemer. And he's been been there and doing a, doing a good job. Uh, Wiley is the canon, uh, which means the sort of the bishop's appointed liaison for the First Coast East region, which is uh, which the region we're in. So he, if the bishop needs to say something or he wants to gather clergy together, he does it through Wiley, and that's um, that's that's how he does that. Um, Charlie Holt is the only one who's not a um, not in the diocese. He is he grew up here, but he served for 16 years. He was the rector of St. Peter's Lake Mary in Central Florida, right outside of Orlando, um, and uh, now he is the associate rector of St. John the Divine. Which sounds like well, why do you go from being a rector to an associate rector? Well, St. John the Divine is enormous, and uh, so it's probably a step up. He actually went to go. Um, to go start a school 
of, uh, of discipleship. Charlie has had several uh, books published, uh, especially devotional type books, um, and, and we've actually used some of them before, and, and so he was going to go out there and start this sort of discipleship school. He actually has started a, uh, his own publishing house called Bible Study Media. We used them I, when I taught... Um, when I taught Genesis uh, online during the pandemic, that um, that was through Bible study media. Yeah. St. John the Divine is in Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Yes, that's right. St. John the Divine in Houston, Texas. And so when he but so he went there to go start that school, but when he got there, uh, Hurricane Harvey came through, and um, and so all of a sudden he was in charge of hurricane relief, and so he's I mean just not what he set out to do. Um, and then, and then the rector left, or was fired, or something. So, um, so he has really seen them through a, a difficult time. The guy has a lot of leadership skills, and um, and in fact, he was um, instrumental. His sister-in-law and I were classmates at Wake Forest, and when I was seeking, when I was discerning about. You know, I grew up in the Episcopal Church, but I really spent a lot of time in the Presbyterian Church, and I did want to be ordained, but I wasn't sure sort of which way to go. She put, he was actually a curate in, in uh, Charlotte, and she put us together, and we had coffee. And one of the reasons I'm here today is because of that conversation, uh, truly. And throughout the years, Charlie and I have just kept in touch, and he's become a really good friend. And, uh, and in fact, when I came here, I called him several times to kind of just get his, his advice because Lake Mary is, is, a, is a church very similar in size and sort of vitality to, to our Savior. So, um, so he's, he's become a good friend over the years. Uh, Fletcher Montgomery. Uh, I've known about Fletcher for a long time. Good man. Uh, he is uh, from... Well, he was serving in my hometown. He's from Central Florida, I think. Um, grew up there. But he, he was serving in Columbia, South Carolina for a long time at, at um, St. John's Episcopal Church um, in sh- the Shandon area of Columbia. And uh, just a really good good man. And so he's, he's the rector at Holy Trinity Gainesville, has been for about four years now, um, has become a, a good friend. And I just really, I think a lot of Fletcher Montgomery uh, I think he is uh, one who is uh, trusted uh, uh, across the divides, and, and I think he is a good, uh, an excellent candidate. I mean, they're all, and I don't, when I say that, I don't mean to say that he, uh, above and beyond, I just, he is a good candidate. Um, and he came in, uh, as many of these candidates did, with sort of dragging his heels. He did, you know, um, he, you don't want a bishop who wants to be a bishop. So, and, and, you know what I mean? Who has visions of purple? Uh, he uh, dancing in their heads. So uh, Miguel Rosada was was much the same way. Uh, he was actually the president of the standing committee, and um, uh, went, and he worked with uh, he was he was calling the shots uh, through the whole nominating process and everything. And then he called me in a panic. I've been nominated. Like he didn't. He, he was like, I don't know who did it. You know, he did. Uh, he, he, I have to think the end of the day. And uh, Miguel is um, is non stipendiary. I don't think he takes a dime. Uh, he's been a long time rector. I don't know how long, but but many several years at uh, St. Luke's San Lucas. He's Hispanic. He's Cuban, uh, but he's also a full time physician, and uh, that he loves being a physician. But 
He prayed about it. He sought wise counsel, and he resigned from the standing committee, and I became the, the president like that. I was like, thanks a lot, buddy. And, um, and, uh, and now he's on the slate, which is, which is fantastic. He's, he brings a uh, completely different flavor. Uh, I mean, certainly a heart for uh, Hispanic ministry, uh, but he is—he uh, loves the Lord. He has a vibrant faith. He is—he says, I'm, "He always says, I'm sorry, I'm Cuban. I'm blunt." And he—I mean, he just like just—he dives right in. Except, I mean, he is—he just—he also you know, loves to clap and dance. And I mean, they just—they—he has a really wonderful personality. Uh, and then many of you know uh, Beth Showflat. I mean, she is a, definitely a dear friend of this parish and dear friend of mine. Uh, she has done remarkable work uh, uh, as the canon to, um, I, should, I should, well, I'll finish that sentence, is the canon for urban ministry, which is the bishop's appointed uh, sort of head of, of urban, uh, urban ministry in, um, uh, and when I say urban, of course, that doesn't mean location so much as ministry of the homeless and, um, and, and the down and out, and so she's she's. I mean, the tra- if you haven't been to St. Mary's Church in Springfield in a while, I and mean, the trans the physical transformation of that place is remarkable. In fact, I was not able to go. They had a big um, celebration yesterday. Were, were you there? And any, uh, tell me. I mean, it was. It's just gorgeous. You wouldn't recognize the place. The church has been painted. There are new roofs on all the buildings. The Deering House was what they dedicated yesterday because Peter Deering's father. He was one of the rectors there. He told the story. It's beautiful. They've changed trees. So many people in this parish have been involved in making sure the yes. landscaping's there. And, and I, I would I mean, truly hope that, you know, win, lose, or draw, that, that whatever happens, we continue our, our partnership. We love, I love giving money and sending people uh, to St. Mary's. It is just, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful ministry. They do great work. And, um, and she really has been at the helm of fundraising and a vision. I mean, she, one of the reasons, I, it's a, I think it's the Deering House, where they're going to actually have um, interns come and live there and, uh, and, and work, and then sort of maybe they're seminarians or maybe they're discerning a call or something. But it's, it's, it's remarkable what, what she's done, and she is, uh, she's done a great, great job. Uh, there and and she's been here you know, many times and of course like we said lots of folks have been down there for St Mary's, um, so she's the canon for um, urban ministry. Miguel is the canon for Hispanic ministry. The bishops appointed Fletcher is the canon for the um, Santa Fe region. Poor Charlie is the only one who's not a canon. Uh, it's just, um, but uh, he he certainly I mean so there's just just a wide variety. They all have. Great gifts, but they all have different gifts, very different gifts. And I think one versus the other, they will all, uh, it, they, it would be it'd be very different, um, one from the other. And yet, I think it would all be good. There's not a single one of them that I, um, I, that I don't want to give a shot. You know, if they're elected, I mean, I've got opinions. I'm not going to tell you the, my opinions. But if, if I, um, uh, if any, whoever gets elected, I'm, I'm, Looking forward to see what happens. Is what, what I'm saying. There were no petition candidates. There, um, in order to not have nominations from the floor, we have there's a canonical provision that just in case we can we can uh, uh, we can have somebody uh, petition after the nominating committee, and 
And the standing committee gets to write the rules for the petition, and we made it a high bar. Um, but not impossible, but a high bar. And nobody, nobody was nominated by petition. So the, the candidates that, that uh, the nominating committee prayerfully uh, discerned, these are the ones that will be on the slate on May 14th. All right, what are your questions so far about, uh, whoa, we're, man, that's taking a little longer than I thought. So we're going to talk about sabbatical. But go ahead. What, what are your questions about the candidates or about the process? Yeah, Frank. Who votes and what say does Bishop Howard Bishop Howard has been uh, because well, uh, I think the the process when Bishop Howard was elected was a little messy. So he has done a great job of staying out of it. His influence is that he gets one vote, just like the rest of us. So all the clergy and all the lay convention delegates. So every parish gets a set number of delegates, and they so it's all the delegates for the 2023 and 2024 convention. So we have four from this parish who get to get to vote. And councils. Oh, excuse me, yes. And the councils. Noni is a member of the Dawson Council and the Standing Committee uh, and the uh, elected delegates to general convention all have... It's a good number. It's a good number of people, yeah. And it's certainly, certainly the breadth of the diocese, for sure. And that would be on May 14th. That's a great question. Who gets to vote? Mm-hmm. What else? Is there a way for the people that don't get to go to the convention to get a question before the candidates if they haven't answered it in their essays? Uh, well, yes, I'm glad you asked that, Father Trent. <laughs> in fact, there is. Uh, so there will be a meet and there will be a series of meet and greet sessions. We used to call this a walkabout. We don't call that a walkabout anymore for reasons unknown to me. But we call it a meet and greet session and. Uh, and you can submit questions for that, and you can go to that. That's not just for delegates. That's open to anybody. The, the um, schedule will be released pretty soon. We will be later in the week, I believe, May 2nd to 6th. And, um, and if you would like to submit a question for the candidates, either, either individually or for the group, you can do that at floridabishopsearch.org. Floridabishopsearch.org. All, that's, all the information is there, but you can submit it at the website. So we're on vacation. If you're on vacation, I don't know if they're live streamed, but you can go ahead and, and submit that. Now, the, the election will be live streamed. So you can, you can, all you church nerds who don't have anything better to do with your life, you can, you can watch uh, both the service and, and the election. Well, let me ask you this. What would you ask? What do you want to make sure that's asked? I want to be bishop. Why? Yeah, that's a good question. And I hope the answer is I, I don't. I mean, really. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to give leadership, but I don't want to be the bishop. That's, that's what the answer I would be looking for. But, yeah, why do you want to be a bishop? It's really good. I hope you, I'm sure you'll ask them that. Yes? There was a Sunday last year. Um, I don't know if you and Trent, I know one of you may have been out of town and the other one was, like, dog sick. And we had someone from the yeah, Canon Allison DeFore. Yeah, man, he was he was a, he was great, and um, you know just fully acknowledged that he's last minute. You know, please bear with him. And he said something a couple times that I just couldn't get out of my head. That to pray for everyone that would be you know in a position to vote, which of course, and because there would be a lot of pretty ponies 
coming through the process. And he seemed to say a lot from up north looking for a nice climate. <laughs> and I was just dying because I'm a lifelong Floridian, you know. And, um, but it, it just prompted me to remember every time this is brought up, every Sunday in prayer, in my home when I think of it, just to pray for discernment. Because, of course, we all have our wants. Mm -hmm. Of course, and Jeff has taught Greta, my son-in-law and granddaughter, this great line. He'll go, when she asks for things or she wants to do something, she sits down. Is that a want to or a have to? And I'm like, ooh, Greta, sorry, kid. <laughs> but that is a great line to teach a young person, and honestly, a 60-year-old person. Yeah. Um, is it a want or a need? I mean, a want to or a have to? And so I just want to say again, all we can really do to benefit this that we're not voters is to pray for discernment. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the Lord will hear and see. Yeah. yeah. So our our, can, our um, delegates are Ron Henry, um, Car Carol Henry, Connie Cretlow, and um, who, am, who am I forgetting? Jackie Wright. Jackie Wright. Jackie Wright. All right. Uh, I, so you I, mean those are the ones we're supposed to be taking to dinner and stuff? Uh, that's, those are the ones you need to uh, pray for. Last question, and then I've got to talk about sabbatical in three minutes. Yeah, so in order to achieve election, you have to get, uh, you, we vote by orders, meaning we count the clergy uh, votes and we count the lay votes. And you have to get 50% plus one vote in both houses on the same ballot. That's how we get the election. And so we're going to meet in the, uh, we're going to meet in the nave of, uh, the, in, in the cathedral, and, uh, and, um, and we'll take up ballots, and I will be one of the counters, and I will be the one who tells the bishop whether we or not we have uh, white smoke. So that's, that's pretty fun. Uh, yeah, uh, just from my cigar. Um, the, uh, all right, let me, so I, that just took a lot more time uh, than I anticipated. I hope it's been uh, helpful, but I do want to talk a little bit about sabbatical uh, coming up. Um, I, I, I do, and I, I'd like to talk about Holy Cow as well, but I'm going to send out an executive summary. The, 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 the bottom line is that we are thriving as a parish, and it is really wonderful. Uh, but we, we, have, we have some work to do, particularly in outreach and attracting young families and facilities, in probably in that order. So, um, so all of those are, are very important. But I'll, I'll put that out after Easter, and maybe we'll set aside some time to talk about it. So sabbatical. Why, why sabbatical? I feel a little, honestly, I feel a little sheepish talking about it. Um, I, it I feel like it might feel to some like, oh, he's, he gets a big, long vacation, and we, have, we don't get that uh, at all you know, for our jobs. And, and I, uh, I don't want it to feel like that, and I, I feel, um, so I feel a little sheepish. But I will tell you that I am grateful to, for whoever thought this up for clergy for a long time ago, because it is, um, it is a, a wonderful and emotionally draining profession. And, um, and I can tell between the work here and the work on the diocesan level, even now that I have some decision fatigue, and some lack of creativity and some late Saturday nights because I just hadn't gotten it done, you know, and some maybe early Sunday mornings, most Sunday mornings, um, just just pulling it all together. And I think that would really, really help uh, to be able to rest deeply for an extended period of time. Um, and, 
and, and it, it contractually is due. Uh, it came due at six years. Six years was, uh, for, and my tenure here was uh, last Christmas. But with my standing committee stuff, there's no way I could do that now. So, um, so I got to see that through. Caroline, my daughter, graduates from, from Creekside next, next May. And, um, and then we'll head off to college. And so, so that would be a great time to kind of just spend really sort of dedicated, long family time uh, together doing things that are uh, restful, but not just sleeping in, right? Just, um, just really doing things that, that cause uh, energy and vitality and long-term creativity. So here's what I'm thinking that I want to do. Uh, before, before that, do you want to say, Frank, the senior warden, or Noni, who is uh, doing, let me, I'll tell you about the process, about why, why you think that this is a good idea? <laughs> right, remember the script I gave you. No, okay. Yeah. You talked to me like two minutes ago. My thought on this is that, um, like any company that's run well, it's all about the people. And we have an excellent, excellent clergy here. We also have an excellent vestry. I think we have almost we have a can-do vestry. We're, we're moving forward with so many different issues. I'm so proud to be part of that. But getting back to Joe and the clergy, we've all been in situations where we prepared for some event to happen, or whether it be. Uh, at work or with family or whatever, we prepare, we prepare, we prepare, and finally that day comes and the event goes off and it's love, it's wonderful. Our clergy, they do this every week, every Sunday. You have to create it, coming up with something new, something new, and all the things going on in your life. A rest is well deserved. So uh, speaking as a senior warden, I'm all in favor of, of uh, Joe taking the sabbatical. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, before that, I just wanted to say that, that Noni Gregory has uh, is working on helping me write a grant, and I probably wouldn't even have thought to have started working on it um, if she hadn't come to me and, and helped. Anything you want to say about this? Um, just the, the grant process is just a wonderful process, and there are very few uh, foundations in this country that do this type of work where they really want clergy to rest. And my thoughts, number one, I knew it was coming up, but that Joe has been particularly busy in assuming all the roles he's assumed, not only with the standing committee, but then having a bishop search in it. The timing's just right yeah. to do this. So, and, and we can apply for up to $50,000. We have received a Lilly grant before, for those of you remember John Powell Ring, we have done that before, and so that is our aim to go for all 50,000. Yeah. <laughs> and it's due, uh, we'll be shipping the 22nd or the 23rd of April, so we're on a very tight timeline. Yes. Um, so it's a tight timeline, but we're so grateful that the Lilly Foundation uh, it, it provides this, and they... Um, they they say very clearly in the application if you're if you're wanting money to help do a doctor of ministry program go somewhere else we want to help you rest which is really awesome um, what what is going to make you uh, excited well so here's what I'm thinking and I would actually really like if you have ideas and maybe email them because I got to go to church but um, the um, 
what I have always wanted to do, I've never been to England, and it's kind of funny, I'm as Episcopalian as a Church of England guy, like, um, I've never been there, and I really want to go and revisit some of my theological heroes and their sites, learn, not in a particularly academic sense, but in a devotional sense, I want to stand where Cr- Thomas Cramer was burned at the stake for his faith, um, it sounds funny, but I like. I mean, this was a hero, and he gave his life because he believed what he believed, and and um, and there and many others as well. I want to I want to eat in the pub where C.S. Lewis uh, sat with J.R.R. Tolkien, and I want to worship in Canterbury Cathedral, and and uh, and just um, and see just just be in that place, and so many things, and remember why the English reformers did what they did. Like it was, they were willing to give their lives. I mean, Lewis wasn't a reformer particularly, but he, but he was an important theologian to me. Um, and to just, why were they willing to give their lives for their faith? And I just want to remember because I, I want that. And I want to be able to go around England and Ireland and Scotland with, with my family some. Uh, I want also to take my family on, um, particularly before Caroline goes off to college, to on a uh, at least a week-long adventure out west, um, and uh, no screens, hiking, backpacking, whitewater rafting, horseback riding, uh, mountain biking, and, um, and just things that just will, I don't know, just the mountains, as you've heard me talk about before, just feed me, feed me very deeply. And there'll be a couple of um, uh, silent retreats in there as well, sort of guided Guided meditation, maybe some therapy. A lot, I'm in mean, therapy now, but a lot, just sort of um, just help uh, to rest and to sort of handle the things that I need to handle. And the reason is so that I can continue um, to be serving the church and hopefully this church for a long time. Um, so that it, and it, it is a, a chance to get the sort of the fuse uh, much longer and. Um, and to just be re- to grow again, to have that creativity, so I can continue to minister and help help this parish grow. That's the reason. It's not just because I need to rest because people are crazy. It's because um, <laughs> it's 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 because uh, I need it because I love you, so that I can come back and do that. Yes, Charlotte. I just wanted to make a comment that while I was parish administrator at St. Joseph's in uh, Point Beach. Father Marty, after 10 years, finally went on a sabbatical for the whole summer. And the difference in him when he came back from that sabbatical was so clear. Uh, All the things you said, the creativity, the rest, he did the Campesino walk, he did a walk in Scotland, and it really makes a huge difference. If, If you're not here on a day-to-day, weekly basis, you just would not believe what the priest goes through. Yeah. Not to mention all so I wish, you, I wish you a wonderful time. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Timeline. Timeline would be, I would probably leave uh, the parish, and it would be, it would probably be like a, um, it would probably be a little like a send-off party kind of thing. It would be mid, mid-May next year, and I'd be back somewhere around the 1st of September, probably about, about what it would be. We get Caroline off to college, and then take a trip. Follower and spooker. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I saw a hand over here somewhere. Yeah. 
Um, and so one of the, one of the really uh, important parts is that there is parish buy-in. Um, and so I, would, I really welcome your feedback. Like Noni said, the grant is due uh, in just a couple of weeks. I think it's so pastoral of them to put it right around Easter. Um, and, uh, but the, um, um, but it's, but I would love, if you have thoughts about either England or rest or therapy or anything, you know, uh, I would, I would love to, um, I'd love to hear from you about that. We do have a wonderful team, uh, made it Frank and Joe Nutzi and, um, Heather, excuse me, Jennifer Huffingham and Selby Kaiser, and, uh, they're helping me and helping Noni put this all together, and the vestry is very supportive. So, any more questions? I gotta go put on a dress. But mm-hmm. all right. God bless you all. Thank you. If you haven't been to church, go to church. Have a wonderful Holy Week. We'll see you th- uh, Wednesday at the Agape Meal.